Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the podcast, Citizen Reporter. It's me, Mark, and I have the great joy on today's program of having both Sean uh, Bonner and Tara Brown all the way in Vancouver. They're looking at me, but you're listening to them. Hi, guys. Hello. Hello. And, uh, you know, we have known each other for some years, uh, although we always seem to live quite far apart, but that doesn't stop us. And you guys are, are now in Canada for, I guess, is it almost a year now? Coming up on a year, August. Yeah. 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 Uh, but so what I, what I like, uh, there are many things I like about you guys and um, that I've always enjoyed when I am in your presence, but also following you a little bit on the, uh, on the internets and, and exchanging messages. And recently, um, what really got me reading, I mean, I was reading Sean's work, but I was thinking about your conversations at home, because I've, I've been in the presence of you guys at home, and I hear you guys discussing things, the world, the, the also the local scene, everything, you know, you're, you're people who care. And, and I'm not saying like, you're that rare, right? People, there are a lot of people in this world that care about things, but it's the way you do it that I always enjoy. So, <laughs> <laughs> dozens of people that care yeah yeah i know like a bunch <laughs> but so like what i noticed okay and that that's the what i wanted to focus on today was this thing of all right first of all you're in my eyes you're both artists so i know tara you're more on the science perhaps uh you may see yourself uh, better identify yourself but i i see you both as artists in life in many things and sean of course you have your work in the arts that is out there uh that that people have known for perhaps many years uh, let me check on that though tara do you do you feel yourself an artist on some things uh well i mean I, no i suppose not because <laughs> you know like the first thing that comes to mind when i think of an artist is somebody who can draw that's immediately what comes to my mind or somebody that can make music and you know i can not do either of those things Noted. however i have written a novel um which i have not published i'm still working on it so i would think that's probably art yep. in some ways <laughs> yeah yeah and 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 so like this is my horrid segue into this this thing of you know making arts on the internet making art on the internet that we've been practicing for many years in different forms or trying uh, or or not like looking at how to but um we come upon this time with what's now called nfts so non-fungible tokens and you like when i started to read about this sean you were one of the first places i mean i'd I had seen right to so the auction news here and there, but I didn't know what I was really looking at. And then when you started breaking it down and providing links is when I dove deeper into this thing of NFTs. And, and for everybody listening, the reason I want to talk about this is, first of all, I, I create digital things. I, I don't know. Again, going back to Tara's theory about drawing. Agreed. I, I can't do that well, but but I like doing things on the Internet and sometimes they feel unique. Um, but of course, being unique on the internet, uh, the way it all works, I, you know, anything can be copied. It's always felt like uh, I'm not unique or, or what I create is just out there. It's, it's free or I can ask people to donate, whatever. So we know the old, mo old models. Um, what I wanted to ask you both is, um, even in the house, like, <laughs> do you remember when you first started talking about NFTs? Like, yeah. What was that conversation even initially? 
I don't know what what our first conversation was because I think that there's there's you know so many kind of pieces that were there you know these kind of scattered things around that that all of a sudden kind of connected in some ways right so we may have been talking about it before we were necessarily talking about it because again like I mean even the two of us have you know created web series and you know we did this cat workout thing many many oh, years yeah. ago you know we, like we've created we've created things for the internet and then just kind of put them out there in lots of ways. Right. So that, um, you know, that notion of making internet stuff, you know, and throwing it out in the world has always been, a, you know, a, a discussion. Part of your, yeah. 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 It's kind of been in the, in the peripheral of various conversations mm-hmm. and, you know, I think blockchain things have also kind of been a topic that, has popped up repeatedly over the years. Well, I mean, I think since really 2012 or something, you know, we've been following crypto and also, you know, we're gamers, our son is a gamer. And so it just immediately clicked for our family about NFTs from like the gaming perspective. Um, Like we didn't have to explain that to Rips because, you know, he was already understanding like how to collect coins and earn coins and mine for things and XP and all those things. And so he's just like immediately, I get it. You know, like he's the generation where this is going to make complete sense for their entire lives, you know. So that's, I think, was a a big thing. And then also, you know, like my mom is a gamer. And so she got it, which was kind of cool, even though she's very kind of skeptical about the whole, you know, like crypto still, like she still gets it, you know, and Sean's mom, you know, she teaches math. And so she's actually very interested in all of like how this works from that perspective. And so as like, just not our immediate family, but also like our parents, sort of just a fun conversation. Yeah, so so that's what I mean is like so I think that there's like elements of of this thing that have been picked apart and discussed for quite some time, right? So like there's even like like Tara said, like even this idea of like an in-game item, you know, that you can get but somebody else can't get, regardless of how you're contextualizing that, that idea is like, yeah, yeah, I get it. You know, mm-hmm. I, I got the I got the rare thing, you can't get it. Right. <laughs> like like Pokemon, I guess, is the other piece that was like interesting, like with Ripley because, or blind boxes or any of that stuff. Right. So, you know, Sean, you know, got some NFTs of these like really cute, unique characters. What are the, some of the names of them? Um, I've seen them. The apes. Yeah. Like some of the, some of the board apes or board apes. And there's a couple of other ones out there and it's just like, you know, like, Oh, I get this. It's just, you know, sort of my like paper Pokemon card or one that I'm collecting when I'm playing, you know, a game, it's the same idea. It's like Gashapons, you know? Yeah. Yeah. You don't know what you get. Yeah. Let, let, let's assume, because we've set the stage anyway, when we talk about unique items, but let's assume there are some people listening that haven't been on board with the whole NFT conversation. I want to bring you sure. in, dear people out there. Um, so how would we, what's an easy way right now to explain what an NFT is? And then we can take our conversation a little further. Well, so, you know, it's a terrible term because it doesn't make any sense to anybody, really. But but the the notion of of the whole thing, which can be applied, you know, in a hundred different directions, is similar to a certificate of authenticity, right? It's a it's a uh, cryptographical signature which says this is this is the unique thing, yep. right? And so you can look at that and say, okay, this is this is who created it. This is who it was transferred to, 
you know, you can see the provenance, whether it was transferred along the way or whatever, but you can sort of say, okay, this is, this is the actual, uh, you know, object or source or whatever that this thing came from, as opposed to, you know, just a copy of something you don't necessarily know who, who made it or where it came from. It's just, it's just sort of this concrete provenance of, of this thing, which, and again, that thing can be, you know, uh, any number of, of different, of different things. Yeah. Right. But, but at the, at the core, the NFT is just this traceability back to the source and, and assurance that that's the thing you're actually talking about. Right. But to summarize, I mean, it's a collectible and it's unique, right? Yeah. Like and it's digital. Yeah. Yeah. Digital. Yeah. 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 It's, it's happening on the blockchain. Right. Yeah. Right. So it's, that's part of the independent verification of it is that this is happening on a public ledger that anyone can look at and yep. confirm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you, you, you used to grab don't have to trust somebody. Yeah. Right. Right. You used the graphic once in, in your text, which was the, the old library card uh, or the back of the book that shows actually the, the it's not the card, right? It's the stamp area where it shows who and what time <laughs> or what date. Right, yeah, the, che- the checkout thing, right? You can say who 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 checked this book out over, over the time, right? Yeah. And so that's kind of the thing is that right now, a lot of this is brand new, but eventually the promise is that you'll be able to look at an NFT and then say, oh, over the last 15 years, here's all the different people that have owned it. Right. You know, and here's, you know, it was transferred to this person at this point or, or you know, yeah. sold at this point or, or, or something along those lines. And, um, you know, this comes from, again, from video games, you know, yeah. in-game things you're supposed to, but applying that thinking to the art world is where things got really interesting because this idea of provenance of art pieces has always been a challenge in a lot of ways for the art world. Um, And, uh, you know, artists make things and sell them out in the world, but then they don't know where they end (laughs) up. You know, some collector buys it and sells it later on or something and you kind of lose track of things. Right. So this notion of forever being able to see where the stuff went in the future but then also at some point in the future, looking back and seeing who whose hands did this touch, right? Because we can understand the idea of, you know, I have this, this painting that's noteworthy because, you know, it used to be owned by this famous person or, you know, it used to be, right. owned, it was made by this artist who gave it to his other artist friend, you know, and they were nobody at the time, but turns out this was Basquiat who gave it to Andy Warhol or something, right? Mm-hmm. So being able to, you know, uh, unquestionably prove that that's the the kind of lineage of this thing becomes very interesting yeah and um when it so when it comes to this um i don't know is it an ecosystem of of nfts that currently exists anyway when you look at it i mean what what are our options like as for example you you're a photographer you have a photo you already had digital photos long before, well, I guess sometime before NFTs. Um, what are your options in terms of like how then to proceed, like make this thing an NFT? What, what, what do you do? Well, yeah, I mean, there's lots of different ways right now and, and options multiplying by the day. Um, mm-hmm. And I mean, that's perhaps a different topic, but I, w- I would hope that that will um, calm down at, at some point. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so in, in the same way, you know, if you think of anything that's kind of online, there are open options that anybody can walk up to and do anything and more curated things where you kind of have to apply for a spot or pay for a spot or, or, or something along those lines, right? So depending on what it is you're trying to sell, um, whether you are bringing your own audience 
mirror, you're hoping on, you know, somebody else's audience to sort of discover you or something. Right. Uh, those might be different choices. Um, again, depending on, on what the thing is, is it a photograph like I'm trying to sell or mm -hmm. is it uh, a piece of, you know, 3d uh, digital art or something, or is it a, a an album, like a, a music album or something like these are, uh, there's different sites that sort of cater to an audience that's interested in that kind of a thing more yeah. specifically. So, you know, you might weigh, weigh out those, those kinds of options, but at, at some point you're going to get to a stage where you're essentially tokenizing it. And mm -hmm. what you're doing in that process is, you know, uploading something that's the representation of whatever it is that you're selling. And then they call it minting, but you're sort of, you know, stamping this thing into the blockchain. So then it's, it's, you know, indelibly there and you then, you know, you have it and then you can decide to sell it or, or something after that. But um, those are sort of, you make it and then you decide what to do with it after that. Yeah. And, and I mean, from what you see, because you, you're out, you're both uh, watching uh, some of these marketplaces. I don't know if the marketplace is the right term, but you know what I mean. Yeah. Um, what, what do you see that you find um, interesting, perhaps even exciting? What do you like about what you see especially the last year or two? Well, recently what I'm really loving are the uh, clothing for avatars like in the metaverse, you know? So if you think of like real you know, ready player one, you know, you're in the, in this metaverse, you're in sort of online community spaces like Decentraland, for example, but uh, there's clothing companies dedicated to designing clothing for your avatar. And, there was one designer in particular, I was really taken with it. And um, they said that, you know, instead of buying a bunch of clothes for yourself, that's maybe not very good for the environment, you know, just piling up. Why don't you kind of not worry so much about, you know, all the sort of fashion for your sort of IRL self and instead focus more of it on your, you know, in your, on your avatar. And, you know, and we're seeing more, you know, especially this last year, more and more people, this is how they connected was online and more people are hanging out, you know, in these sort of second life kind of environments. And so I thought, you know, that's pretty cool, you know, and they're like staking their land and they're building their communities, you know, and they're doing all this stuff. And I just, I love that, you know? Um, and that, again, like that makes a lot of sense for our kid. He started, he's been making Minecraft skins for a long time, but he really got into it you know, last year, you know, when he wasn't going to school and he was like trying to find things to do. And he sort of like really immersed himself in that community. And so I see like, he's now kind of extending that. And, you know, it'll be interesting to see if that's something that he wants to do more of. Um, but there's also, there's something like, so the other piece too with the NFTs is that you might get a physical object when you get an NFT, like the digital. And so you know, going back to the fashion designers, some of them are actually sending you the clothing that matches whatever you got for your avatar. Um, so I think that that's pretty cool. And you know, you're seeing that with photography too, like with Sean's work, sometimes he'll send you an actual print of um, the NFT that you got. Um, and I kind of like think about this too, when I was working in the music industry and working with artists that were coming up with sort of unique um, sort of, uh, you know, options when you bought some of the digital music, you know, you might get, I don't know, a signed guitar or you might get, you know, a t-shirt or something like that. I think it's kind of very similar, right. Where you can have this for those people, that's really important for them to have a physical object. They can also have that. So I like that 
mix of like digital and physical. Yeah. Yeah, I, thought, I um yeah, go ahead. I was just gonna say, you know, the thing one of the things that I'm pretty excited about is you know, this I was I was saying this the other day when I was speaking to somebody, this feels to me a lot of a lot like kind of the mid nineties <laughs> before we before we imposed a bunch of limitations of what you can do. Right. So it was kind of like getting online and there weren't that many people who understood what you were talking about and kind of anything was possible. We didn't know what, what we could do, what we couldn't do. You just could have ideas all day long and the conversation you have tomorrow gives you ideas on the thing from yesterday. It's just like this exciting build because you start understanding that all of these things can kind of connect in weird ways. Right. right? Yeah. And I think that for the majority of, you know, this kind of web 2.0 thing, that wasn't happening, right? It was kind of like these major platforms who said, here's the, here's, here's what you can do, right? So people are kind of doing that thing that the, that the businesses sort of told them to. Whereas all of a sudden with this again, it feels like there's lots of interesting ways to connect these things that maybe we haven't really thought out and we don't necessarily know all of it. And so one, one piece that I'm really fascinated with is this, this notion of using an NFT as access. Uh, or as proof of membership, as opposed to just this object. I'm not just selling you this photo, right? But maybe when I sell you this photo, once you have it in your digital wallet, now you can get into an area of my Discord that you couldn't get into before, because you know there's sort of a check that's happened. And so by the fact that you own this thing, you've now it's it's become a key, right? Oh, yeah. That yeah. like grants you access to, access to this other community, right? Where there might be these other pieces going on. So there's all of these weird threads, which are starting to connect in interesting ways. Yeah. reminded me i have in a drawer at least two coins that came from hacker events where very nice people gave me a coin for some kind of i don't remember club or place usually in nevada or california somewhere and I, I, sometimes i see them and they're beautiful and i have a good memory but i also no sorry it brings back good memories but i also can't remember what i'm supposed to do with that item <laughs> but it's i just yeah. love seeing them they're, they're beautiful <laughs> I wonder how this might change memberships. You know, like I have, I'm a member of many different associations, you know, and part of that is how they raise money, right. Is, is through memberships. Um, but I wonder, you know, and, but you find that you, you pay this fee and maybe you read some of the emails and you, you know, but you probably don't really participate, you know, to, to the degree that they would like. Right. And, so I wonder, you know, going back to what Sean's saying in this membership is more that you, more that you just hold, you know, have something, this, this token or this NFT or whatever it is, but you have to actually participate in some way and they can track, you know, like this is how you contributed, right? And part of that might be that, you know, you are in the Discord server or whatever it is and participating that way, or maybe it's that, you know, you show that you're voting and that voting kind of unlocks other things for you because all those things matter, especially in a nonprofit. It is the community. It's, it's, you know, money obviously makes a difference, but the community is essential. Right. 
So, I, you know, that I think is kind of interesting to see where that might go. And like Sean can talk about the DAO, you know, or how, how a DAO is and how that's set up, because I think that's really important and a real, you know, a direction that I think that um, organizations, whether you're nonprofit or for profit, are probably going to be paying more attention to. Yeah. And, and I think that also this, this ability, this ability to sort of retroactively reward people for engaging or, or supporting or something, right? So you can, you know, let, let's say I'm selling a whole bunch of, you know, photos all over the place. People are buying them, selling them, you know, all, all this sort of stuff. At some point in the future, six months from now, a year from now, five years from now, I can look back on the chain to a certain date and say, oh, everybody who, who owned it at this time, send them, you know, send them another one, send them a bonus one or something, or, you know, I can track everybody who's ever had it and send, send them something, right? So just people out of the blue can all of a sudden, you know, get this gift that, you know, is a little bit easier or different or more, uh, more attractive than, you know, just like an email out of the blue or There's something. Nothing more exciting than getting an airdrop unexpectedly. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> Yeah, so you're just like, oh wow, there's some new stuff in my wallet. Right? Like from so, Hunger Games, you know, when Katniss is up in the tree and she desperately like needs something, then like she gets like the little yes. like blue yes. hanging down with like the ointment to heal herself. It's like to me, that's how I get my head when I get something. Sure, yeah. sure. And I've been in I've been in Fortnite games where something falls from the sky, it helps you out. It's uh, yeah, it's exactly. useful. Yeah. Uh, maybe less meaningful in the Fortnite context, but it's it's a moment. No, but I think it's it's a sim- it's a similar thing, right? Where it's like you had no reason to expect it, right? Mm-hmm, but, mm-hmm. It, but it shows up and it's nice, right? Mm-hmm. And it's sort of like, a, oh, cool. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, so I find myself in the last um, year or half a year working with a lot of people who either are artists or, or are, are trying to foster the, the arts in it through education, through, through community engagement. And one of the things I've been wondering, and, I, and I'll bring it to you, is should I be teaching them about NFTs with the idea that this is for every artist out there potentially or do you see this as more of a niche how do you see it in terms of access and and, you know equality of access i think i think it's going to be everywhere i think i think that it's only a grow i think it's a uh, a dynamic shift and a new format which most everyone will start interacting with at some point possibly without realizing right i think that that that's going to be a big piece of it as you as you start to see eBay saying, you know, you can sell NFTs on eBay, as you start to see, you know, the Instagrams and, you know, all of the people in the world, you know, realizing how much money is flying around, is it, this is the potential market, right? They're going to start implementing these things. So right now, it might be very niche. But I think before long, I can see a future where, you know, someone says, you know, you know, click this little button on your Instagram post and then, you know, you can offer it for sale and behind the scenes that that happens to be an NFT or something along those lines or a WordPress or a WordPress plugin, you know, that you can just add to your site in the same way that you would add a shopping cart, you know, to sell, you know, some merchandise that you had or something along those lines. Now you can sell, you know, some of the, some of your blog posts or, or, you know, or podcasts or, or something along those lines. Right. Um, so what it will be, what I suspect it will be is just less hoops, you know. Yeah. I think this is like another way of interacting. Like the way I think about it too is 
the people like, you know, in, in context of maybe more kids in school, for example, where there's this sort of, there's the camp of like, you know, social media is bad, put your phone away. No, you need to pay attention to the teacher in front of the class versus those that are like, you know what, this is, let's meet the kids where they are. You know, they're on these platforms, they're using their phone, they're texting. Let's figure out how to embrace that and um, support that and, and reach them that way. And you can kind of guess who's more effective in reaching, you know, these kids and and in their learning environment. It's definitely the ones where you meet them where they are. And I think like as the, these those younger generations are moving up, like this is their world. This is, you know, where we're going towards. We're, you know, we're in the crypto world. They're looking at like digital money in China and the US and everywhere. Like this is not going anywhere. This is a different way to to interact. And um the, you know, we're at the cusp of NFTs right now, whatever that looks like. There's all the conversations about is this bad for the environment and all that kind of stuff. And that stuff is all gonna work itself out. You know, it's it's going to. They already are working it out. You know, there's lots of conversations about that. So, you know, and I think like, you you know, I've seen enough stories now about how this has changed lives, you know, like I think it was a story in the Philippines, you know, how this like made a huge difference for communities there. There's different artists have said that, you know, they were just like down to their last dollar and, you know, this needs, you know, this helped them out. And it's not to say that it's going to work for everybody. It's not like you can just put an NFT up there and it's going to sell. Like you have to nurture your community no matter what space you're in but there's you know enough artists now that you know I've done like amazing you know beautiful work whether it's like natively digital or they're you know um transferring it porting it over that you know they've they've part you know this is a new kind of community that they're embracing or maybe a same community but having like slightly different conversations and so I think it's I don't think it's like something to ignore unless like you're in a position where you can ignore it. I think because <laughs> right? you're doing so well and you've engaged with your audience exactly as you've wanted to. Yeah. 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 If you're not looking for anything new. <laughs> um I mean, let's I wanna you touched on it and I appreciate it because um I've certainly read the articles and 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 I I observe uh, crypto and and uh it becomes a little bit addicting to observe actually. Um so there's this tie-in, right? We, or maybe tie-in isn't the the right term, but there's an attachment there. Uh, uh NFTs operating on the the chains or or the different crypto systems. I think Ethereum is the main one, and I don't expect everyone out there to know of Ethereum necessarily, but it's a cryptocurrency. Um, I think what I'd like to ask you is, you know, the energy thing is, is certainly part of the equation. You've pointed out uh, over time it'll work itself out. Take that a little further. Why would it work itself out, or or how necessarily? Just to just to spell it out as much as we can right now. So. Yeah, so there's a little bit of back piece which needs to be sort of clarified on that is in that there are, um, you know, there's lots of different blockchains and there's different and, you know, a blockchain is is a ledger, right? So it's a book that we've both entered something in and we're comparing to make sure our numbers add up. Um, there's different consensus mechanisms that are used to make sure that adds up appropriately, right? So the, the first thing that was done for that is a uh, proof of work. And that was what is used with Bitcoin and, and things of that nature, which uh, requires these really, really, really massive calculations done on computers all around the world to sort of 
do these, you know, do these calculations to see whether whether things add up appropriately. Um, depending on who you talk to, that is either horribly inefficient or working exactly as planned, right? So there's, um, you know, disagreement in in all of all of the world uh, of those those different pieces, but it's it's very complicated by design, right? It's not it's not a, it's not a problem in in that way, right? That said, yes, that uses lots and lots of energy to do that. Now, some of these contact, some of these conversations around that happen in a bubble, right? Where you're just looking at that energy on its own and saying this is a significant amount of energy. Um, but if you look at that energy usage in context of something that perhaps the idea that if this you know is to replace, it's suddenly a very different story, right? So blockchain, let's say Bitcoin, for example, uses, you know, this, this amount of energy, which is a lot, but it's also a fraction of the amount of energy used for the traditional banking system. And mm -hmm. if you're thinking of Bitcoin in, you know, idealistically as a replacement for this banking system, then on the bigger picture, it's actually less power, right? It's just, it's just when you're talking about it in addition to so there's lots of there's lots of arguments for or against in lots of those pieces. Separately, there's a uh, I guess a newer sort of consensus mechanism which uh, is called proof of stake. And and what that means is rather than these calculations having to be done all the time to to validate the transactions, um, people are buying coins or buying buying tokens or something and, and staking them they're they're basically putting them back into the system uh to say i trust i trust what this is doing right and so the more the more people who are putting money into a thing the more trust it has so that is uh significantly less power consuming because you don't have to do these these constant uh calculations all the time um but it also is you know arguably a little bit of a less secure system in in some ways because you know the you're not doing these huge calculations every time you're trusting that people are only putting money into the things that are trustworthy right so there's anyway there they're, they're slightly different things but the proof of stake thing uses you know something like 98 percent less power than so a lot of the new chains that are being made are starting at proof of stake rather than at proof of work like bitcoin is um, Ethereum, which which you mentioned, which is uh, the primary chain that most of the NFT things are happening on. Um, there's there's NFT things happening on other chains, but most of most of the NFT action is happening on the Ethereum chain. Ethereum is in the in the middle of uh, something that they're calling the merge, which is basically where they built a uh, a secondary chain next to the proof of work chain, which is proof of stake, and they're running concurrently slightly shifting things like if you think of a of a train line that's needing to move to a new track but you don't want to you don't want to interrupt the the train schedule right so you build it next to it and then overnight at one point you just shift it to that other thing so that's sort of what's what's happening with uh with ethereum which will be moving to this proof of proof of stake thing uh you know ideally by the end of the year i think that's what the what the roadmap is so as a as an industry and as a bunch of technologists um, how you make something more efficient is always is always a discussion. How you make something less costly is always a discussion, regardless of 
you know, what the, what the cause of those things are. So, um, this is, this is a process that is already in the works, has yeah. been in the works. Yeah. And, you know, so that, that's kind of what, yeah. what we mean. By. I spend a good amount of time scrolling down the list of altcoins and I always read the descriptions from each or foundation or company. And you do, you remind me of how I always see, does this 1000 times faster, 5,000 times faster than Bitcoin? Or so you see this constant description. Of course, I don't always know, you know, you know, someone else can confirm it, right? Like, is it true? Is it not true? But I, I hear your point in terms of, you know, there are so many projects out there that are focused on improving, including the energy efficiency, but I also see all, all kinds of other things they're improving on in terms of uh, agreements and, and how things are moved. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, even 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 to take this out of the kind of crypto world back to, you know, Please. earlier earlier things like with with blogging and and all these kinds of things, right? We, you know, when we were choosing what what blog software do we use, right? There was there was this point where some blog software didn't didn't render HTML pages, right? They were loaded on the fly to try to save server space, or you know, all of these. So anything that we're doing, you know, on online, this is this is kind of a an itch that's always being scratched by somebody in one way or another is, you know, what, what tiny little change can I make that, you know, over time makes this thing, you know, magnitudes better or whatever. When I see people even on Twitter having these discussions, you know, like, Hey, can you help me improve this code and all sorts of things? Like it's kind of amazing how fast it happens. And in like the community oriented spirit of it too. Like, like the, I would say like the crypto community, well, you know, there's, good and bad but for the most part it's like very very collaborative and supportive and you know and of course they're still like the one there's the the camps in the bitcoin camps the ethereum camps and you know altcoins and all sorts of things but i think at the end of the day they're kind of like this idea of you know i want something better you know than what the monetary system is right now right and that's that's the the direction you know or people have more control than the government, that sort of thing. Yeah. And and for you guys, I mean, as you look at your activities, and I, I've been looking at your, your gallery on, I want to say OpenSea, but um, uh, Sean, but... On Cyber. Oh, on okay. Cyber. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Sorry, I get my names wrong. I'll fix that part. I'll edit Open, it right out. OpenSea is, uh, is one of the marketplaces. Yeah. You know, there, uh, that's, the, that's kind of the problem at the moment is there's, you know, like I said, lots of these things that are kind of overlapping in function and heavily overlapping in name, right? There's like four different platforms or companies or something that all have origin in their name, you know, <laughs> yes, yes. Trying, like, which one of these things am I talking, you know? So I think that um, that's, that's also something that needs to be resolved soon is <laughs> they need yeah. to find a way to stand out. But actually Sean has a great spreadsheet that he put together. You should I'll say the URL for anybody that is interested in these marketplaces and how to choose if they yeah. want to mint their work. What is it? Yes, the URL for that is nftart.lol. Nice. So nftart.lol. Yeah. It's just a it's a Google sheet with uh, about thirty or thirty five of the more prominent platforms. It's not it's not comprehensive. There's many more, and there will be many more. It's a bunch of them. But these are the ones that you're familiar with and you even talked to yeah. some of the owners of those companies. So like he's been Great. spending a lot of time at it. It's like a really useful resource. 
Yeah. And I, so that kind of leads me to my, my final question, which is, and you've kind of been answering that in the process, but I'll ask it anyway, uh, seeing what you're seeing, researching what you've researched, um, what are you going to be like, how far are you going and, and in terms of doing or, or engaging with NFTs in the coming year? Like, what are things you want to do? I mean, you're already auctioning uh, photos and also the, the images that you talked about. Uh, I think of a monkey, but it's various animals, I think. Um, uh, but yeah, how far do you want to go? What are you kind of curious to try in the coming year? And I'm sure there's a limit to that also. That's why I'm asking. I mean, I, I think I'm still very, very much in exploration slash guinea pig mode. Mm-hmm. You know, um, part of, part of, part of why I, I even ended up in this is because, um, you know, you mentioned that we've known each other for, for a long time. Right. But I've, you know, I used to have an art gallery many, many, many years ago, right? So I have I have a sort of a deep connection with a lot of artists. And then over the last 10 years, I've done a lot of work with blockchain coming at it from a completely different, you know, different perspective. So when these two things sort of converged, you know, over, over the last year, um, I realized that a lot of my artist friends were going to have questions. Um, many of my artist friends started asking me questions. And I realized that, well, if nothing else, I can I can play a little bit of a translator because I know how to speak artist and I know how to speak technologist. So I can, you know, at, at least help people answer some questions in that. Um, and as I started to do that, uh, you know, I needed to actually take those steps myself in order to be able to explain how they work in some ways. And I also started to unexpectedly see those connections that, that I was talking about before, right? So I saw, I got into it just like, okay, I need to test this just so I can tell them how it works. But then as I tested it, I was like, oh, wait a second, I can do this other thing with this. Like <laughs> I hadn't thought of that, right? And so so I'm still doing a lot of of that right now, right? Both both with minting NFTs. Um, you know, I've uh, I just created my own social token the other day which is, you know, a whole other wild <laughs> world of, of wackiness. Um, but, you know, I, I'm, I'm doing these different things very much from a, this is an exciting place to play around with at the yeah. moment, yeah. you know, kind of hacking a little bit. I'm kind of uh, just experimenting and just seeing. So it's very hard to say, what am I going to do six <laughs> months from now? Yeah. Um, because I wouldn't have necessarily predicted you know, 30 days ago, I would not have thought I would, I would have a coin that I could send you, right? You send me an Ethereum address, I can send you some of my, my coins, right? Like I had never, I, I would not have thought that I would be doing that, right? but I'm doing it, right? Yeah. And so it's like, uh, the path is sort of creating itself with each new step. <laughs> Understood. I like, I like the comparison of the 90s, like, you know, the, the openness of the 90s. It, I mean, it, it's, it's funny, you know, and I don't, I don't want to be like nostalgia guy, but there um, but I've had this conversation with a whole lot of people recently who were kind of around at, at that time. And, and so I'm like, am I crazy? And they're like, no, it's the same. It's the same thing. And, it, and it's this it's this excitement and potential, which we just haven't felt in 20 years. Right. I mean, there's no excitement and potential about what's happening on Facebook. Right. It's just like, you know what happens and, you know, people pass some things along and maybe there's going to be some like, you know, yeah. Uh, argument in the comment thread or something, but it's like, it's the same, it's this stuff, right? And, and that's, and, and again, it's all of these heavily funded platforms or, you know, heavily funded startups that have said, here's the thing you're allowed to do with us, mm-hmm. right? And so, but come do it with us, you know, don't go do it with those other people, do it with us, right? And so it's like these silos of allowed actions, right? Which again, that's great, 
it, you know, it covers some bases, but it's not exciting in the way that, you know, the nineties were when you're like, Oh my God, I can make this text blink. Like, you know, like, <laughs> yes. and, and I would know two things, but not three things. And I would talk to you and you would know, you know, these two other things. And, you know, there was all of these conversations where nobody really knew what was happening, but I could tell you something that you hadn't heard. And you could tell me something that I hadn't heard. Right. And it was just like, wow, we both just exchanged like awesome stuff. And we walked away from this in a new way. And that's, that's what's happening right now in so many of these conversations, like anything's possible. Like, oh, oh, I just found this thing out yesterday, you know, and, and now this other guy just, you know, used it for this new purpose of and like, holy crap, you know? And so, um, it just feels, it, it feels buzzy <laughs> in like an electrifying way. You just described how I learned to podcast. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's exactly it, right? I mean, <laughs> it was just bits and pieces conversations. There was no one place. Yeah. 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 But I also think too, I'm really interested to see how it can be utilized for sort of like a teaching tool and research. I mean, like I'm in grad school right now, researching benefits, health benefits we get from hanging out in forests and you know, like on the one hand, I know that, you know, in, in my group of people I'm working with that are working on like sustainability and climate change and the environment, you know, they get very worried about blockchain or crypto or anything. So like, that's bad for the environment, you know, like hopefully like, again, you know, things are changing. However, I think that it's really interesting around um, like from a research perspective, how do we like bridge people who are hanging out taking samples from a forest and digital beyond just publishing a paper online. Right. So I think like there has to be more to it that, you know, we can use like to share information more, you know, in a more open way where, you know, you're not having to, you know, like, I think there was like a really good example. Someone was talking about with like waiting for all these papers to be published peer and peer reviewed about COVID and how long we had to wait when about airborne and all these things that we should never have had to wait for that should have been like real time, go, go, go. And you saw all these researchers on Twitter tweeting at each other, sharing information, sharing with the public. Like imagine, you know, if we can use, you know, with things where it's like proof and evidence and all those things on the blockchain or, and even like somehow with an NFT, you know, if it's unique and all those things and you can see where it's moving along the chain like how can we take advantage of these things and make things like information more readily available real time, I think is where it's exciting. Um, so it's beyond the art, which is amazing and incredible. And I think we can extend it beyond that. And there's one more thing that I, I kind of want to tack onto that too. You know, Tara mentioned, you know, like people are hearing about this and they're concerned about, you know, these things around and, and the, like this environmental piece, like, you know, so so I run this this nonprofit called Safecast that we started uh, after the Fukushima meltdown ten years ago, right? And so it's the whole point was to create this data that wasn't existing, so people had a better understanding of what was happening, and, and you know, in a very open and transparent way, and share this kind of thing around. And what we saw heavily, you know, in those in that first year or two of, of that organization was that poorly researched scandalous sounding scary headlines spread really 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 fast scary images spread really 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 fast but whereas boring truths you know uh nobody passes it on 
right? And so it's it's uh, the the scary scandalous thing gets picked up by a wide audience much faster than the sort of stuffy report that actually clarifies everything. And so I think that that's that's a bit of the cycle that we're in right now with this is you know this scary story is spreading around everywhere so then people are sort of basing assumptions off of you know that headline or you know, maybe often they haven't even actually read the thing right they, maybe they read a, a first paragraph or, or the headline or whatever and now they're repeating it sharing it with their friends and all of that stuff and um th- that stuff is not necessarily based in fact right there's a lot of assumptions on those things and uh, while the facts are available they're not exciting. They're not, you know, you know they're boring. Plus and they're so, feeding the confirmation bias of so many people who just don't like this idea of, you know, just, they just don't like, it. that's not how I want the world to work. You know, this is, or they feel like they're behind, like if there's this FOMO piece and they feel like it's too late or they feel like they got out too soon. And so they just decided that this is not for them and they will look for anything that, you know, confirms that. Well, and it's a, it's a, it's a, um, a super collection of scapegoaty things, right? Like (laughs) artists have traditionally always been blamed for everything, right? Like, you know, the moral decay of society is, is artists fault, right? I mean, like the, all the, you know, all of these things throughout history have been pinned on artists. Right. And then similarly, uh, you know, nobody, nobody loves to, to hate crypto more than, you know, current, current people in lots of ways, right? Like there's endless hate for, for, you know, Bitcoin or all of these things. Some of it's justified, some of it's not, right? But, you know, or people who are associated with it. I wonder what the overlap is between like people who hate Facebook and crypto or the opposite. Yeah, so it's like all all of these kind of things. Research. (laughs) And so I think it's just, it's a a moment where um, several things that people hate are bumping into each other. And so it's easy to sort of say, oh, that confirms all of my other things, right? Like artists are destroying the world, right? It's like, well, (laughs) not really, but you know. Yeah. No, yeah. Or hate or suspicious of, I I understand. I definitely understand the point. Yeah. 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 Uh, It's so great to talk to you both. And uh, I really enjoyed, I I was excited at the idea that you would both be on the program to, to sort of pass it back and forth. And I I sit in the back. Um, but uh, thanks so much thanks for being for on the program. Yeah, yeah. And Thank you. Yeah, and uh, let's do it again one of these one of these months, one of these days. Well, I look forward to, you know, the, the some unknown time in the future where we end up in the same the same physical space, which has been our our friendship for, you know, fifteen years. We're like, oh, we both happen to be in this weird corner of the world. Let's I feel Let's like we're, we're due for a hot hero somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it will happen. It will happen. We're getting yeah. there. All right, guys. All right. Okay. Take care. Cheers. Bye. Bye.